Hello and welcome back to another episode of Leave Pod. My name is Lena Bondeson and I'm your host and moderator for today's episode. It's been a while since we had our last episode, but I'm happy to be back in the States and on the same time zone with the other members that we can start to upload more frequently again. Today's episode is all about Pride since we're wrapping up the month of June, which is Pride Month, and we want to talk about the LGBT experience pertaining to peace among youth. As I said before, my name is Lena, I use she, her pronouns, and I'm your moderator. Hi, so my name is Ayat, um, and I've been in a couple of the past Leaf Peace episodes, but um, this is our first one back in a while, and I also use she, her pronouns, and I'm really excited for today's episode. Okay, so to start out, we kind of have some questions that we already prepared in order to just kind of like kick off the episode. So um, the first question that I kind of wanted us to talk about is, um, do you think that LGBT identifying youth are subjected to elevated levels of harassment and bullying? But I mean, before we go over this, I think maybe we should go over how we're connected to the LGBT community. Um, I can go first. I personally am pansexual um, and I don't do anything to hide that in America. When I actually was abroad, I did hide that. Um, but here I am like out, as you would say. Um, and yeah, that's my connection to the LGBT community. Yeah, so for me, um, I wouldn't necessarily put a label on myself because I think I am still trying to figure stuff out. Um, and also um, just because of my culture and the communities that I'm um, I'm part of, the other communities I'm a part of, um, I don't like to make it obvious at all how I'm feeling or the people that I like. Um, so yeah, I guess um, I would just say I'm unlabeled, but um, definitely I, I think I, I would identify with the community. Yeah, so I guess we can go back to that question. Um, do you think that LGBT identified youth are subjected to ele elevated levels of harassment and bullying? And you can go ahead and answer this one. Yeah, so um, I guess I guess I would say yeah, but not on personal experience because I really am not out to many people in my life. Um, again, just because of like the, the community and cultures I'm a part of, um, but. I would say yeah because I mean we see it in schools out of schools we see even people uh, even like people who maybe for example like maybe cis men who present themselves more feminine um they get subjected to you know a lot of harassment when you know they might not even be gay or anything they might just you know be feminine um and um I would also say I don't even think it depends on the way that they identify themselves um I think it's just you know, there's like this, there's a standard in our society that men need to act a certain way and women need to act a certain way. And, and you know, people might not identify with either and that makes other people uncomfortable um, because I think it's easier for people to just fit a certain box. It's easier for people to understand that when um, the reality is a lot of people don't. Um, and also uh, I think that people who struggle a lot with you know, um, gender identity might also feel that, you know, they can't accept themselves first before they can even come out to other people. Um, because it's just, it's been taught to us that all of the, you know, that the LGBT is new and it's not um, normal. When the reality is it's been a part of history for so long, it's just been, you know, repressed to kind of keep up that um, nor normal CLC and air quotes of, you know, being cis and straight. Yeah, I think that you said it really well. Um, I think that, I mean, we definitely have chiseled pictures of what we're supposed to look like, what we're supposed to act like in this society in 2022. And um, 
it's really hard, even if you step a little bit outside of that, that design that society has made for us, if you step out of it, then you will automatically be subject to harassment. And I don't really know. I mean, from my experience, I definitely have had things said to me and way people acted the way people acted towards me like it definitely has been affected by my sexual identity um but i've seen it in other people as well when it comes to uh gender identity um and when because that i feel like that affects other people since it's pronouns um and so i see in a lot of my traditional family members um who I'm, I'm like half italian so the people who are um on the italian side they're a little bit more old-fashioned and conservative um traditionally and so sometimes they kind of make fun of the fact that you know like my sibling uses they them pronouns and um they're like oh like that's too big of a hassle for me to do and so then from that they are constantly misgendering my sibling all the time and that's like kind of an example I wanted to bring up because sometimes I feel like the older generation doesn't really realize the harassment that they're conducting. Like it, they just kind of think, oh, this isn't right because this isn't what I think, um, which doesn't make it okay, but it is like an explanation, not an excuse for their behavior sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I would just before we go on to our next point, I, I would also say so most of the people I surround myself with and my family um, is Arab. And so a lot of the time, even just the subject of LGBTQ or pride or anything like that makes them, you know, uncomfortable. It, it's kind of like pushed under the table because it's not something that they even want to discuss. Um, and unfortunately, it's not even just, you know, my, the older generation or older people in my family. It's um, unfortunately a lot of like the younger people who believe in those traditional um, beliefs and like, you know, are kind of like, well, you know, this is just a trend or, you know, this is not normal. And I don't think, I, I don't believe that at all. Um, because like I said, mentioned before, being, you know, part of the, of the community, or just, you know, identifying with any part of it has been around for a while, you know, you could look at any, um, just a really quick example, you could just look at any like ancient Greek text, and you know that, you know, different goddesses are yay or different, um, just like all different deities are like identified with different things. But anyways, my point is, um, they believe that it's kind of like a new thing when it's not that it's just people are more aware and like are able to identify and I guess label what they're feeling rather than just, you know, being confused and kind of repressing it. Um, but yeah, and I've also witnessed like, you know, people, mis you know, misgendering a friend of mine and just saying like, oh, like, uh, you know, it's too difficult to use they, them pronouns. So I'm just going to keep misgendering them. Um, or a lot of the time I see a lot of biphobia um, towards uh, a family member of mine who, um, you know, they're kind of told like, oh, since you're bi, you know, just they like, I guess the gender you, I won't, I won't out them in case a family member ends up listening to this, but, you know, in case like, just like, oh, date, you know, who you're supposed to like, keep that, you know, keep that label, but don't do the other thing. That's like kind of what they're told. Um, and I think also a lot of people fail to understand what is harassment, what is bullying, because they think it's just a joke, especially on social media. A lot of homophobia is just seen as a joke, like, oh, she's bi, like she can go, like she goes both ways, like she can, you know, she'd be really good at a threesome or something like, you know, over sexualizing um, both like um, bisexuals and lesbians and anybody who identifies. Yeah, I think um, over sexualization is also a major issue um, that a lot of people in the community face. 
And I think biphobia is also a huge issue and it's all completely as a result of, you know, straight people um, promoting that type of harassment and bullying. And so it ends up becoming an issue you know, members of the community do it to other members. And it's kind of sad because it's supposed to be a community where everybody feels safe. And so um, perpetuating what uh, straight people do to us kind of like, it's like counterintuitive. It's like, you know, we're supposed to be a community and, you know, be um, aligned and like, you know, help support each other when we're doing the same things that straight people do to us, you know? Yeah, I think that, like you said it really well, um, I mean, as you said, I want to mention that, like, I think that the the stuff that happens in the community, like between the members of the community and the different um, identities that are that are included in the LGBT community, um, it's definitely learned from the outside impact uh, from straight people and cis people who are constantly berating the community and constantly criticizing the community. And then within the community, you want to do that to yourself. Um, because that's what you've been taught and that's what you, everybody else has done to you. So of course you'll like subconsciously reflect it back. Um, and I definitely agree. That's like a really big issue because yes, I think that of course um, youth are subjected to elevated levels of harassment and bullying um, outside of the community, but also inside of the community so that it's not even that safe of a place anymore because if you, um, if you, are you know having a discussion or you're hanging out with people at any point it could go wrong and they could turn on you I mean like I'm saying this from past experience where I've had people who are gay and they tell me that like oh how can you like different people how can you not care what the gender of the person is like that's not real um like you need to choose one like you're only going to be attracted to one it can be women but it can't be everybody and I was like okay but this is so weird coming from you because you're supposed to be in part of this community that's like uplifting me and making me feel safe and at home. Um, but yeah, and I think that kind of leads into uh, in the ways that I have witnessed um, an obstruction of peace when it comes to LGBT identifying uh, youth. Um, definitely in school, I think that when I think about this question, school comes to my mind first because even like in America um the word gay has always had like a bad connotation um it's like calling someone like lame or something like that um and it's even worse now because kids know the meaning of it they just choose to to use it wrong like to continue to use it wrong because they don't care like I don't know. What are your experiences with that? Yeah, so I'd say for me, my because my school is um, majority Muslim and Arab, so the the word gay is definitely used as an insult or even as something um, to be ashamed of. So it's like, oh, like like you know, if you'd say um, a teacher, like you you know, you'd be like, oh, that teacher is like gay. Like it means it doesn't mean oh, like that teacher's probably you know queer. It's like oh no, they're gay. Like they're you know disgusting how could the school hire them you know it's like unfortunately it's things like that and I want to make it clear that it's not because that they're Muslim or because they're Arab it's mostly because of their parents and the traditional values they have that they teach their children and when you're a child and that's all you've been taught your whole life it's very difficult I know it's very difficult for me to even understand you know why um 
like certain certain like feelings I was having I was like why like you know this is wrong because that's what I've been taught um and so it's not a result of being Muslim or being Arab it's just simply a result of their upbringing and um when the school community you know t adults in the in at the school don't try to fix that it only gets worse and so um yeah I'd say at my school we don't even really talk about you know LGBTQ history or you know um you know I guess we'd say icons of the LGBTQ community today um because it's very like hush hush like don't talk about it um and um unfortunately I've had experiences with some teachers who you know I've had a teacher say to me um you know like so I guess for our listeners um in Islam it's encouraged to you know, get married and have a family for both men and women and you know everybody else. But um, I had a teacher one time say to her class, which included me and a couple other girls, that she would rather we don't marry a man and stay single the rest of our lives than be a lesbian. So that's like one of the most direct like things I've heard. I don't identify as a lesbian, but that's just like something that I've heard of like a teacher being like, you know, I'd rather you be single and alone and like depressed than be with the person that you love. Um, and so I would say that because I know that within my high school, um, a lot of the students, or may, I'd say maybe half the students themselves are um, pretty respectful toward the community. And then you have the other half that are like, this is wrong, this is bad, you know, um, which again is just a result of their upbringing. And like you said earlier in this episode, it's not, you know, an excuse, but it is an explanation to kind of understand that, you know, this is just unfortunately how they were brought up and how they were taught. And um, a lot of the time they kind of restrict themselves from learning, you know, learning how to be respectful toward, you know, the LGBT community and like, other communities that they may not you know understand or respect yeah definitely I think that that's like I mean this this uh gives a really nice perspective because like I don't go to the same school as you so I would never have that perspective um it kind of makes me think about I, I'm gonna give some context like I feel like I always talk about this but I haven't talked about it yet on this podcast so last year I was in Macedonia with um, a study abroad scholarship that you can do in high school um, but basically, I went to school in there, like high school there, and I was able to witness the the kind of people who who go to, well, it was a, a private high school, so it was a private international high school, but then I had friends who were in the public school system, and I had friends who were in the other private schools around the city, so, like, I had a really good, um, like, I was very much in the community and I was immersed in the 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 kind of youth I guess I was I was immersed in the youth of Macedonia and the atmosphere that they create so I will say that it's a very much more conservative country than America and there was definitely um people who were you know I mean it would go as far as people getting beat up um for you know, being gay or being, uh, or dressing even remotely gay, like we were talking about before. Um, we had, like, I, I had a friend who had gotten, like, jumped in the city because he, like, wore a tank top or something like that. Um, and it happened twice, and he's not gay. <laughs> so it was, like, it's, it's kind of crazy because people, it, it really doesn't even matter if you identify with the, with the community or or anything it just matters that you look different and then they automatically think oh that's bad so 
yeah, they target you. But I mean, also I can't, I can't really blame them because that's what their parents are like. So like their parents are even worse. So I guess it's good that they've even come this far um, out of their parents' beliefs. But I mean, also I do want to mention on the flip, on the flip side that there's a lot of people who are very aware there, um, who are very like socially aware and who know about like the different things that are happening nowadays um, and who are, you know, not homophobic. <laughs> so there's like people who aren't um, super conservative there as well, but I will say that the majority is. Um, so that just like, I, I guess that provides a perspective of another culture, like another culture's youth, um, where it is also the fact that the, the fact is that um, there are elevated levels of harassment um, and bullying for being gay there as well. Um, and that would be in school, outside school, at work, you know, everywhere. Um, so I, the next question, I guess, we kind of went over this. Um, so it's, have you ever been personally affected by an act committed with intent to harm LGBT identifying people? So for me, I think I kind of explained this before, um, but definitely in school when people are just kind of like, you know, throwing out the word gay. I mean, when I, as I got older, I definitely stood up to people, but that kind of lost me friends whenever I would say, you know, like, don't you know what that word means? And then I would say gay marriage is legal in the US. Um, so I don't know what you're talking about. And they'd be like, oh yeah, it's legal, but also I don't have to support it. Like, so it, I, especially when I lived in South Florida, it definitely made my friend group very small. Um, but I, I guess I've been personally affected by like petty acts um, committed with intent to harm LGBT identifying youth. Um, I think that when it comes to like on a bigger scale, definitely like online harassment, um, where like, you know, very conservative and like, this was during Trump, like pro-Trump, um, Trump supporters were like in my Instagram DMs, like attacking me because I had posted something about um, the fact that women should be allowed to, to like whoever they want and anybody should be allowed to like whoever they want, but it was specifically about women. Um, and so I, yeah, so I, I, I've been, I've, of course I've been personally affected by that, but then also um, I have seen my sibling who is a lot more obviously um, like part of the community who uses they them pronouns. Like they definitely encounter a lot more harassment, like even from my parents. And like I said, my relatives, like of course um, my relatives are expected, but my parents it's a little bit, you know, unexpected. And then sometimes my really close extended family, like my aunt um, and uncle and, and stuff like all of them also, they're very aware that like, um, the, the, my siblings pronouns are a thing, but like, they just don't care. Um, so it's, it's definitely interesting to see that though. Like, and then you have to decide between like the love of your family members and like thinking, like you have to compartmentalize and separate them from their opinions and have to realize that their culture is, you know, different and that maybe they don't know any better. So like, I don't know, is that something you had to do as well? Yeah. So in my family, I have a very small family, right? Like in total, I think I have, it's like 11 cousins, right? Including me and my little sister. So we're a very small family and we're all thankfully really, really close. But, um, and 
I know um, about three of us, you know, are like identify with the community, but we're just all like kind of figuring it out and just, we all just say we're um, unlabeled. But um, about last year during winter break, when I came to visit, you know, a couple of my family members, a couple of cousins, um, I had one of my aunts after dinner start to go on this like rant. She was going on a rant about something and somehow the topic of LGBTQ people came up. And I, at this point, I was only out to one of my cousins who was sitting right next to me. And she was just going on and saying like, it's wrong and they're going to hell. And you know, like the basic conservative things that you hear of like, you know, these people are like messed up in the head and they need like therapy and things like that. Um, and I was getting like very uncomfortable, but I didn't want my parents to know this because they'd be like, why are you uncomfortable? Like, you know, is this about you? Um, and I just remember like, just going upstairs because I was like oh like I don't want to hear this like you know this doesn't relate to me like you can talk about this to all the other aunts and whatever at the table um and I think that kind of goes with what you said of like you know you have to separate what you, or not you have to but it's hard to separate what they're saying with them because I know for me this aunt like she I grew up with her because she's still close to me and I love her I love her so much and she really is like a like She's always there for me when, you know, I'm having trouble in school or like just having like issues with my mental health. Um, so it just hurt me a lot to see like somebody that I loved so much wouldn't love me for something that I can't, I don't choose. That's, I mean, the rest of my family, their mentality is just kind of, you know, we'll tolerate, you know, the LGBTQ community, but we won't accept it within our own family, which hurts even more. Um, but, you know, outside of family, because I've always just accepted that my family wouldn't tolerate it if I ever came out. Um, but I think for me, what hurts more is my friends or and like the people at my school, because I know that if I were to come out to my entire grade or, you know, like my my huge friend group, it would have me lose a couple of friendships, which hurts because for my for in my mind, it's like, you know, what changed? between before you found out like that I identified with this community and now because I'm still the same person nothing has changed because everything about me everything about my relationship to the community is private right because I don't flaunt my sexuality I don't flaunt any of that because I choose not to because I prefer to keep it private right um, and for people who do choose to put it on social media and choose to flaunt it I wish I could do that like amazing right but I just choose to keep everything private and um, I am thankfully out to like my closest group of friends, which takes off a little bit of stress for me. But I just know that if I were to come out to my other friends and like, you know, make it, I guess, louder, it would become an issue for some of them. Um, and some of them, you know, it's just because I, know, I hear the jokes they make that like, you know, um, I would want like a gay best friend, like a male, like a, a man who's gay as my best friend, but I wouldn't want to be friends with a lesbian, right? Like I hear them say that type of stuff or I hear things like it'd be so weird to have a sleepover with a lesbian like she'd probably touch me and I like making it seem like lesbians are predatory and um yeah those are just some I, I for me it's never thankfully been any like I've ever been physically affected like thank thankfully I've never been you know I, I feel really sorry to hear that your friend you know was junk um I think for me it's just hearing things from like family and friends because it hurts because it's like, I know how close we are and I know the friendship we have is so valuable. And yet, because it's something I can't control, you choose to kind of cut me out. Um, 
And so I think how that personally affects me is that I keep a really important part of my life secret from everybody. And I kind of have to have a different persona when I'm with different people, because, you know, if I were to ever come out, it would change everything. And for me, it's, it, it's still a, I think a thought that I continue to have with myself, but for me, I'm the type of person who would prefer to kind of keep certain friendships, not, not people who are blatantly homophobic, but family friendships. And I guess a couple of friendships with people who are the type to like, like kind of like my family who will tolerate it, but would not really be okay if it was me. I choose to keep those friendships. And I know a lot of people in the community would say, you know, you shouldn't do that stand up for yourself. Like if they can't accept it for you, you are, they're not worth your love. But I think for me, it's just, I'm so close to these people already. And I, um, I really, really care for them and losing them would hurt more than almost anything, especially some family members and so, like the aunt that I mentioned. So it hurts to keep that secret and that's how it really affects me. But I'm just like, you know, I keep it private anyways. So, you know, if, if they really, really did love me, of course I would share that with them, but I don't want to risk losing them and more family members. Um, because, you know, I almost did lose a friend after I came out to her because at first she was, I, I, she was kind of confused, which scared me because I was like, I know that you know other, you know, people who identify with the community. And so when I came out to her, she was just kind of like confused, I think at first, but then also didn't really say anything. She was just kind of like, okay, which I know she meant no harm at all because I think for her, she, her honestly, honestly, in her mind, she was probably like, yeah, I already knew because people have told me that the way that I dress and the way I present comes off as like gay, but she just kind of said, okay, which scared me. And I was like, oh my God, um, you know, like I've lost this friendship. And, you know, thankfully, like I didn't, you know, she was just like, no, I just honestly didn't know how to react. But yeah, I think it, it really does hurt to see the closest people, the people that are closest to you not accept um, LG, people who identify with the LGBTQ community but for me unfortunately I just have too much love for them that I'm like I would I would rather keep a part of a part of me a secret from them in order to keep that relationship because I just love them too much um, that's that's pretty much all I have to say um, I definitely agree with what you just said, um, especially when it comes to like, I don't know, I guess keeping the relationship, even though maybe something that they believe or say uh, or do doesn't completely align with your beliefs. Um, I think that sometimes instead of seeking like somebody accepting my uh, identity, like my sexual or, or gender identity, I would rather just keep a good relationship and a close relationship with them. Um, and it's sad that sometimes we have to make that choice, but um, even though I can't relate in America to not like to my family not accepting me, um, in Macedonia, I lived with a host mom and I mean, she was very homophobic. Um, so there was no way that I could come out to her. Um, and she would say things a lot about other, you know, gay people. And it just reminded me every time it was like a stab in the back, like, oh, okay, if I came out, she would, you know, she wouldn't look at me the same and she wouldn't love me the same way um, as she does. So like, 
that decision of just, you know, keeping it closeted definitely came from a place of just wanting to preserve our relationship. Um, and I think that that's like, that's kind of like what you were talking about as well with your family. Um, and honestly, it makes sense because like we um, sometimes will make ourselves uncomfortable in order to seek, you know, outside comfort, like support from other people. Um, so yeah, I think that that's kind of like my experience with that. Is there anything else you want to say on that topic? Uh, no, no, not really. I think I'm just gonna like say um, that, yeah, it really does suck that we have to make these type of decisions of like, do I want to keep my relationship with this person that I'm really close with um, in order to be like authentically myself? Or do I want to um, keep that relationship and like, you know, just hide that part of me? Um, and it does suck that we still have to make them. I think it's just it depends, it, like, I think each individual knows, their family knows if, you know, at some point, maybe they'll come to terms with it, and at some point, they'll accept it, or if, you know, they're completely cut you off, um, which I know that, you know, some people might listen to this podcast, and it might be the first time they hear me talking about being, like, part of the community, which, if you couldn't tell by now, I mean, that might be your own fault, because, like, the way that I address this <laughs> makes it pretty obvious sometimes, but um, if this is the first time you've heard me talking about it, and you choose to not, you know, want to be as close with me anymore, I'm, I can't stop you from, you know, I can't force you to still be close with me, and um, I guess, like, all I could say is that I hope that when people in the future come out to you, because it will happen, it's, you know, multiple people are going to be part of the community in more ways than one, I hope that people who listen to this who might feel like, anti-LGBTQ or which I hope we don't have any people like that <laughs> but you know if we do or people who are hesitant about accepting people in their lives who ad identify with the community I hope that you learn like it is first of all it's something that doesn't affect you like it, it really does not affect you whatsoever because a person coming out to you is just for them to you know be more comfortable around you for them to be comfortable talking you know different people that they're interested in or, or ways that they might feel you know, um, euphoric in their identity or maybe even dysphoric. And um, it just simply is a way for you two to be closer and it really doesn't affect you in any way. It's just somebody's personal, um, you know, if we're talking about sexuality preference or if it's identity, it's the way that they identify with themselves, you know? So I really do hope that people who are listening to this are able to try, at least try and understand where someone might be coming from because even though you don't understand it, there are multiple things that you know we might not understand but that doesn't mean we are allowed to you know outwardly hate on men say this is wrong and you know you're going to hell or you know things like that because i think um real quick before we go to the next point something i wanted to talk about is how um in the muslim community when somebody comes out um unfortunately they're they are repeatedly told you know and i'm sure this is the same in other religions but they're told, you know, you're going to hell, or this is a sin, or they might reference a certain, um, like, story in the Quran, and um, I think that does, I really do believe that does more harm than good, because on social media, the queer Muslims I see genuinely look so happy, because they're able to, you know, be their authentic selves and be, you know, queer, and they're also able to continue to be part of the religion that they love, and um, I think I definitely have both seen and experienced the effect of being told you're going to hell because what ha ends up happening is that individual will start to fall out of their religion and, you know, 
start to, you know, maybe not practice or not believe in it. And, um, you know, that could be both, yeah, that could be either a result of just that person just not aligning with that religion, which is totally okay. But most of the time I see it as a result of them, you know, being told like, you're going to hell. And so what that ends up happening is that person's like, you know, if the people in my Muslim, Christian, whatever community don't accept me and are telling me I'm going to hell, you know, why bother following a religion that hates me? I'm just going to leave it. And I think that's something we see a lot in the Muslim community. Whereas, you know, when we tell people like, okay, like you're queer, amazing, like you're still Muslim, you're still a human being, that, you know, it, it does encourage them to become more, you know, spiritual, because I, I truly have seen queer Muslims more spiritual than I am. And it does encourage me to be like, you know, I have been told, you know, you're going to hell, or this is like wrong, this is a sin, it's in the Quran. But when you see people who are like, you know, you could be you can be queer and Muslim, because I think that's, that's what I'm trying to say is a lot of people are told you can't be queer and Muslim, or you can't be queer and Catholic, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And um, when you're told that, it really is discouraging, and it makes you be like, kind of, why bother? Why be part of a community that hates me? Um, and I think I just really, I really want to emphasize that you can be queer and X, like what, whatever other identity you're a part of, you can be both. And I think we really need to emphasize to queer Muslim youth that, you know, you can be Muslim and queer, you can be these things because like, it it, do, it really does more harm um, than good if you try and tell yourself that, um, you know, it's wrong for you to be thinking certain things or feeling certain things. And it's also wrong for you to be like, you know, I'm queer, so I can't be Muslim anymore. Like, that's it, it cancels out, I can't do it. Um, but yeah, that's just like something I really wanted to emphasize. No, that makes complete sense. I mean, especially because I feel like you're right. A lot of people tend to fall out of their religious faith um, if they're told, you know, that, that the faith doesn't accept them or something like that. Um, but as you said, also on social media, I have definitely seen representation of, of queer people who still practice, like who are um, definitely, you know, still very much into their religions like, and it's varying religions. There's a lot of different representation, which is why sometimes social media can be a good tool because it's showing us that these people do exist and that they're kind of creating their own identity, that they're not, you know, going along with, oh, I can either be this community or this community but not both of them because you know they don't get along like instead they're like well I am both of them so I'm just going to embrace that and I'm just going to keep going and like you know I feel like of course those people don't think to themselves I'm going to hell they think to themselves you know like I'm a person of course I'm not going to hell you know like this just for this thing that I can't help then why would I go to hell like I've heard a lot of people who have who after they find their own identity, they also find, you know, their, you know, whatever, whatever higher power within themselves as well. And so then it shows them that that higher power or whatever wouldn't have, like, wouldn't send them somewhere bad just for being who they are. Um, so it's kind of like people reinterpret the, the texts and the religious the religious books, um, which I mean, all of it's an interpretation anyways. So the fact that some sects of Christianity um, think that it, the, the Bible doesn't like gay people, that's also an interpretation. Like it doesn't say anywhere specifically like gay people will go to hell. Like it, it's all reading in between the lines. And so I like that 
queer people have kind of taken that back and now they're reading in between the lines as well and they're saying actually look it doesn't say i'm going to hell it says i'm going to hell if it's you know if it's adultery if it's pedophilia but not if it's you know just normal uh between like a completely fine relationship between two adult men um and so yeah i think that that's really powerful actually um, that people are able to sustain their faith and still be queer, part of the LGBT community. Um, this kind of brings us into our like uh, rounding up last question, um, which I feel like this question has like a lot of depth to it. It is, what tips would you give for both victims and witnesses of anti-LGBT acts against youth? Um, stand by, stand up, speak up, and for this, for me, um, since coming back from Macedonia, I have definitely a different view on this. Um, as I mentioned before, I had a friend who was like pretty badly beat up because he looked gay. Um, so in countries like that, you can't just, you know, start yelling at somebody when they, when they yell a slur at you because you will be, you'll be beating up like 700 people a day. I swear the amount of times I got called the equivalent of the F slur in Macedonia just for like, you know, holding hands with one of my friends, not even somebody that was, that was, you know, I was, you know, in a relationship with um, romantically or sexually, like literally just a friend um, or hugging somebody. There was always somebody who would find something wrong with that. Um, but like I said, it was dangerous if I was to start yelling at them or something because something worse would happen to me than being called a slur. Um, so my advice now is kind of just to work like and repairing it inside yourself um, instead of trying to, you know, stand up to somebody who maybe you can't, you know, take down yourself. Um, and I don't know because I... I keep talking about this, but I just got back three weeks ago. So it's like really fresh in my head and I haven't experienced anything here, but like, I feel like it's very dangerous to stand up to somebody, especially if it's like someone who, you know, is taller than you, who's, who is buffer than you, who's bigger than you. Like, that's really scary. And especially for me, like as a woman, I, I, it's already scary for me to like, even get in an elevator with a man, regardless of being like, actually, you can't say that. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'll just get I'll just get like either killed or kidnapped and like taken somewhere and harassed. Like, I don't know. It's just, it makes me very cautious, I guess. Um, so I guess like my tip would be if you feel that you're in control of the situation and you have enough people around you that support you, then speaking up is okay. But I personally believe that violence is never the answer. Yeah, actually I was going to give kind of, I was essentially going to say something really similar, which is, um, I, I really think it depends on the where, like where you are, because, um, you know, like you said, if you're, if it's somebody that, you know, you can't, you know, they're bigger than you or they have more people with them and it's just kind of maybe you and one other person, um, it is scary to kind of stand up for yourself. So like, I guess a really quick example would be if, you know, it's like, let's say like you and your friends are hanging out and, you know, it's like you and, you know, six of your girlfriends, right? And one of them says something homophobic, lesbophobic, etc. You know, then I think that's okay to stand up and be like, hey, um, you know, and also before I actually finish that example, um, when when you see anti-LGBTQ acts happening or you hear someone say something, um, I think it's more important to 
trying to educate and like kind of not be so um like I guess not yell about it because that gives the that gives that other person more um power and makes them feel like oh like I pissed you off you know and the example I always give to people is you know when you have a dog barking at you and you keep kind of like hitting it or hushing it it's gonna keep barking at you um but if you just kind of leave it alone it usually goes away so I guess my my point with that example is that when you know like like you're hanging out with your friends one of them says something it's more beneficial and I this I speak also from experience to educate them and be like what you said is wrong because of xyz like you can't be saying that about these people because of you know just educate them um rather than be like you know like wtf you can't say that like they'll you know kind of get more mad because that makes them feel good that they've like officially um aggravated you um but that's in a scenario where it's safe to speak up because like you said there are scenarios where you can't um you know you could be like i like I don't know, in DC late at night, some guy, you know, you're holding hands with a friend and somebody and some guy like yells at you, you know, that's not the right place to be like, hey, you know, you can't be saying that. Like, no. Unfortunately, you do just have to walk away um in one ear and out the other, unfortunately. Um, and also something I'd say is don't waste your energy or your breath even on people who you know aren't gonna change. Like my aunt that I mentioned earlier no matter what, she's going to be homophobic. I could educate her all I want, but at the end of the day, she's still not going to accept the community. And so it's not worth my breath to be like, you know, you can't be saying they're going to hell, whatever. Thankfully, she hasn't said aggressive things. It's more just from the religious perspective um, of like, you know, give them the rights, but like they're that's wrong, that's blah, 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 blah. Um, or, you know, I think um, within the past week, there's been a video of this pastor going around saying that, you know, all people in the LGBTQ community in the U.S. need to be lined up and like shot against, you know, like shot up in the back of their heads, right? That's also a scenario where you can't just go up to him and be like, hey, like, you can't be saying that. It's not safe because you don't know what he could do to you or what any other person could do to you. Um, and you know, he's not going to change. So I guess make sure that you're not wasting your breath on, um, people who aren't going to change their minds, people who are adamant about how they feel about the community. Um, but I think also just making sure you're educating people. Cause when people, the biggest, um, I, I think the biggest reason that people are anti-LGBT, um, besides the fact traditional beliefs is that they just simply don't understand like and as humans when we don't understand something we tend to be against it and so I think trying to educate them is the best thing to do because um I've also experienced it with friends who you know used to be extremely homophobic and then slowly start to understand like the community and accept them and like you know now I have a friend she's like one of my big you know biggest allies like she really is like that tiktok audio it's like talk valentina ally. like that's literally her um and so yeah i would just say speak up and stand up when it's safe when you know that you're able to maybe make progress with that person not if you're gonna be attacked even more right because that just makes the, situ the situation worse for both you and maybe the other person that you're with um and i like you said especially if you're alone like it might not be the right time or place to do it because you could be putting yourself in more danger, um, especially if you know, you're know you a woman and it's like a man who's bigger, buffer, et cetera. Like it's probably not safe and you probably won't make any progress with it. 
Yeah, I think that we definitely are on the same wavelength with that one. Although you did mention something that I definitely want to reiterate um, with like your mental capacity to handle those conversations. Um, because I remember like when I first started to, you know, be an advocate for the LGBT community and for youth who, who identify as LGBT, I definitely wasted my breath on a lot of people who were not going to change. Um, and it wasn't the right time to tell them, like it was me against five people and I'd be trying to tell them and they were just having a fun time watching me struggle and be, you know, like gasping for breath and, and stuff. Um, so I think that that's something that comes with time and experiences, like being able to tell which person is the right person to talk to about. Um, and honestly, I, I think that you can tell a lot about a person by the way that they receive your your um, your point of view, like if they're receptive to it or not. Um, not necessarily saying that they agree, but just saying, I hear you and I understand your point of view, but I can't agree with you. Or I hear you and I understand that and I kind of agree with this part, but maybe not this part. Can you explain it to me more? Um, or something like that. Like, I really like civilized conversations. And as soon as somebody starts getting aggressive, I know that it's not the right time, not the right person. Um, so yeah, definitely that as well, that if somebody is aggressive or if they start to become aggressive, then to abort mission and um, just, you know, it, it hurts, but just drop it um, and maybe talk about it another time or maybe not, unfortunately. So yeah, I think that that's all that I had to say. Did you have anything else you wanted to say? Um, no, I'm pretty, I think you pretty much covered everything. And like you said, if you know that the conversation isn't gonna be productive, the person starts to get aggressive or, you know, maybe is even like having fun with it, having fun, like maybe making you upset, it's not worth it. And it'd be much more productive for you both as a member of the community, but also if you're an ally to, you know, I get um, educate them or, you know, even donate to organizations like the Trevor Project, um, things like that are much more productive than arguing with somebody who's just kind of like, you know, not trying to, they're really not looking to change their mind. They're not looking to be educated. They're looking to get a fight out of you and get a rise out of you. Um, so yeah, I would just say, like you said, don't waste your energy on somebody who's having fun with it or like is getting aggressive. Um, focus your energy on people who genuinely want to learn and want to understand and also on organizations that um, help, you know, home um, LGBTQ youth who unfortunately are homeless, but also who, whose goal is to, you know, make people more aware of it and um, also make sure you are able to kind of, I guess, uh, support or talk about even like, make sure you're fighting for representation too, because I think that's something we didn't really talk about. But I think representation in the media is so important because how many like positive representations of, men of uh, LGBTQ do we have? Like, I can only maybe name three shows and two of them are like, um, gay as in like, um, like a man and another man. So yeah, I think that's also something to make sure that um, if you're like an ally to be aware of, be aware of the representation you're consuming um, and be aware of also the people you're supporting in terms of like social media icons, celebrities, because a lot of them are not um, really secretive about how they feel about the community. And you can't just say you're an ally if you're not like actively, you know, making sure that there's progress being done to um, help the community, I, uh, I guess.
Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that you said that really well. Um, yeah, thank you so much. I think that today's episode was super informative and it's nice to be back um, with podcasts. I'm super, super happy about that. And I'm looking forward to the next one and the one after that. Um, so yes, thank you, Ayat. And thank you guys so much for listening. Please listen to our other episodes and subscribe to our podcast and also follow us on Instagram. Um, and yeah, have a good day.